You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with the talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. Hey, how you doing? Adam here, and I wanted to quickly let you know about a brand new 15-minute video training where I show you how to get 5, 10, 15, 25 or more predictable sales appointments every month in just 30 minutes a day, and how you can do all of that without cold calling, networking, relying on referrals, or any of that kind of stuff. Now, I've added that to the podcast gift page, which you can find at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. That's thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. And you'll also see all of the other resources and gifts that I've created on that page as well. So hope you go and check that out and uh, and enjoy what you find. So until you do that, let's get back to the show. Hello, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, just me today, I'm afraid, um, no guest, but um, this is going to be a pretty different sort of uh, episode maybe because um, I'm turning 40 this week and uh, that depends on when you're listening to this. That means, uh, yeah, the 14th of February uh, 2020. And uh, yeah, I guess it's one of those times, isn't it? When um, I guess, you know, the whole period of reflection sort of kicks in and you sort of think about all sorts of things and all the rest of it. And I just thought, well, do you know what? I must have learned a few things along the way during uh, the last 40 years and um, you know what could I take from some of these lessons and, and how can I apply them to what I do today, what I help people with and um, how can those kind of lessons help people that are, are running a business, running a service business and, and looking to, uh, to, to do better and, and catch more clients as you know, that's the whole point of this podcast. So what I'm going to be basically doing is sharing four of the biggest lessons that I've really learned in, I guess it's over 40 years, but really this is the kind of, these are the kind of things that I wish I'd known at the beginning of my 30s, because I feel that having known these, maybe things would be different, maybe life would be a bit different, the way I see things, the way I feel about things might be different. So yeah, there's four big things that yeah, I've I've kind of worked out and, and realized. And the first one, and I think one of the most important ones, is you have to find what makes you unique. Because honestly, in uh, in my 30s, uh, my world turned upside down in, in, in more ways than one, I can tell you that. I guess a, a big one was uh, being diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 33. And realizing that I'd, I'd had this most of my my life, but I just didn't know it. I didn't know anything about it. I mean, my family still delights today telling me and reminding me how difficult I was as a young child. I was hyperactive. I was disruptive. And you know, they even had a, a, a term of endearment, I suppose, for uh, my outbursts when I'd get completely overwhelmed as a kid. And they called it throwing a wobbly, right? 
And you know, back then, it was put down to things like um, allergic reactions to food colorings and e-numbers and all that kind of thing. And it's had a really big impact on, on how I see myself, um, not knowing about all of this and um, you know, how, it's, how it's sort of affected. Um, yeah, I think, you know, uh, it, it can have all sorts of impacts on things like self-esteem and the way you see yourself and all that kind of thing. And, and I guess it's, it's like a light has come on since yet, you know, since uh, finding this out because I can now see certain things through a, a different type of lens that I wasn't able to see before. And I think it's been a, a combination of this sort of moment of clarity and, and learning to see the, the, you know, the quirks of my character through the glasses of ADHD that I've managed to turn in the last sort of decade what I thought were weaknesses into, into strengths and, you know, also focus on my own strengths. And, you know, those are not details, right? They're creativity, they're finding solutions to problems that others can't because, you know, I'm, the way my brain works, I'm able to make connections between a number of different things that other people can't consider because, to be honest, my brain hasn't filtered them out and it's kind of pattern recognition and connecting between all sorts of different things. And, you know, while, uh, you know, while at times I can go off on tangents or waffle before I get to a point, and maybe if you listen to the podcast uh, for a while, you can you can sort of you know sense that. But uh, you know, I'm no longer ashamed or embarrassed of these kind of parts of my character that uh, they they make me a little bit different, maybe even a little bit weird at times, right? And most importantly, I've realised you'll never please anyone, and that's okay, right? Because I guess when you really think about it, every single decision that we make sort of forces us to come face to face with our own flaws and our own vulnerability. And it's why I think, you know, so much of my life and so many of so many of the things I see a lot of people struggling with beyond just business, it's it's living a life where we're kind of doing what we think others would approve of or, you know, having to uh, avoid others seeing the real us. Even if that sort of character or that person isn't completely aligned with our own beliefs and our own values, which means what happens is that we can often go off in different directions that isn't right for us. And it's a direction that will ultimately make us unhappy because it stops us from becoming that best version of ourselves because we're spending too much time being, you know, that different version that others expect us to be, right? So, the way that I sort of put this into a into more of a sort of marketing and a business lesson and, and, and how you can take this and run with your own business, if not just your life, right, is that you've got to stop trying to appeal to everyone. That means stop trying to market to everyone. You've got to find your strengths. You've got to leverage them towards solving a specific problem for a very specific group of people. And that's your perfect client because when you start to go for those people, they'll get you right? They'll embrace you. They'll embrace, you know, your, your good side and your bad side. Because let's, let's be honest, when, when we provide a service, people do buy us. They buy the people. So you have to show every side of yourself and then let the others go that aren't going to be that right, that right fit. Because I think the one thing that I've, and my struggles with doing things like this, video, live, um, putting myself out there and all that kind of thing. I was suppressing myself, my personality. So don't do that. Don't suppress your personality. The difference is night and day since. 
and find ways to put what you love into what you do. It makes actually showing up for work that much, you know, all the more interesting and, and, and a heck of a lot more enjoyable, right? So that's my first thing. It's don't be afraid to be unique, right? And I, I, yeah, it's it's been a real revelation to me, and it, you know, maybe not for everybody sort of you know listening, but it really has for me. So, I think that the second one is, unless you have a strategy, you'll be drifting to a very uncertain destination. And uh, I've spent a big chunk of the last decade, kind of you know, since the ADHD diagnosis and, and understanding that, basically reconciling what has got me to where I was. And that was actually a really hard thing to do because I had to be honest with myself that I wasn't exactly in the place that I thought I would be, I guess, when, uh, you know, when you sort of, you know, leave school or university and, and sort of, you know, look to the future. Because basically what I started to realize that I never really had a strategy for my life after I became an adult, right? Now, everything up until that point, it was it was all laid out, you know, go to school, study, get great, you know, good grades, go to university. That was all sort of laid out. But I hadn't really thought what next. I hadn't had the 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 the, the guidance to really start thinking about that early. And, and basically, I felt like I got spat out at the other end with absolutely no clue what to do. And, you know, I, I you know, did the university and we went, I went traveling for a year and that was fantastic and all the rest of it. But I think part of this, you know, not having that strategy, it was made slightly harder be, you know, by the fact that, um, you know, two weeks after I did get back from that traveling at 22, um, my parents who had been married for 28 years split up. It was, it was a devastating thing that happened at the time. And you know, my mother, she had, um, multiple sclerosis. And, um, after my, my dad left, I, I basically went from thinking, right, I'm going to be sort of making that journey out into the world and all the rest of it to moving back home, which I hadn't planned. I hadn't thought about um, so that I could support her during that time because she needed additional help, not just with, you know, dealing with uh, with, with a breakup of a marriage, but also you know, her mobility was becoming more and more difficult. So that's what I did. And essentially during that time, I, I drifted. You know, it's like being on the open ocean aboard a rudderless boat, which I, I, I talk about sometimes when it comes to marketing and ultimately, you know, ended up lacking any real sort of solid foundations from which to take the next step and, and, and make decisions to move forward. So what I'm sort of saying from that is it's kind of like if you if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right. That's the lesson. Um, it's not something new, but it is so important because. You know, when it comes to marketing, you know, a lot of people are not doing it with a strategy. And so they are drifting on that open ocean aboard the rudderless boat, right? Thinking, well, there's plenty of fish in the ocean. So anywhere will do to, to cast my line and, and try and catch a fish, right? But it's a big ocean. So you don't know actually if there are any fish underneath the spot that you drifted to, what type they are, what bait they'll bite on, all that kind of thing. Meaning the approach to marketing is random, it's inconsistent, and that's why results are inconsistent. And you know, it, it, far too reactionary, you know, chasing the shiny tactic of the week. Um, when really a good marketing strategy, it's the most important aspect of any successful marketing. And to be honest, any, any successful life, you know, if you just drift, you never end up knowing. You become a victim of that current. And that's what I had done for a long, long time, right? Back in my back in my early days. And and I believe now that 
know, in business, every single one must focus on, on creating that marketing foundation, which is the strategy and the process that you will use to implement the strategy before any marketing tactic will work. Because ultimately, your strategy is, I don't know if it's like the rudder on the boat or if it's the GPS that is going to guide you or, or whatever, you, you know, mucking around with my own analogy, you know, but the thing you know, it is the thing that I was missing for a long time. And it's the thing that has changed everything for the better. Once I got a bit of a strategy in my own life, personally, and also for my business. So you know, even though I do feel still, I may be playing catch up and certain things are, are harder to to do. Um, the older that you get, you know, having two kids under four at 40 it's exhausting at times and I sort of think well maybe if I'd uh, if I'd had my kids earlier you know as a younger man I might be able to uh, deal with a few of those sleepless nights a bit better but it is better late than never and it's the same the same thing is true for you and your business it's never too late to think to take a step back think about a strategy and go and implement it properly so I just yeah I think it's, it's one of those metaphors for life, but it also, is also so true in business. Having a strategy is absolutely vital. So the third big lesson, right, is um, what I found as I get to this age is that you can't control so much of what happens to you, but it's not an excuse to, to give up or, or stop, right? And the reason I say this is that looking back, certainly over a lot of my early years um, and, it, you know, the self reflection and all the rest of it, I realized I'd been pretty lucky, right? I hadn't had any real challenges or big traumas. And, you know, I had a loving family, I hadn't lost anyone and all that kind of thing. So until the age of 22, when when I got hit by the, you know, the the, the devastating news of, of my parents splitting up, which really hurt, you know, hit me hard at the time. I had a belief that life was pretty rosy, right? And I had most things under control, you know, nothing bad was ever going to happen, that kind of thing. So when that big trauma, the first one of my life hit, I didn't really know how to handle it. And worse than that, I never really, even in that process, learned how to deal with it afterwards. So I guess when I had one of the most difficult years in my mid thirties, you know, we're only talking sort of four years ago, where it seemed like I was absolutely lurching from one trauma to another. And, you know, basically I still had no way of dealing with it. Right. And, you know, that year was all to, you know, it started at the end of 2015, um, around Christmas time, um, where we were living at the time, um, we were burgled. And, uh, I don't know if the, the, the people that did it had just been watching home alone or something, but they left all the taps on and, and the whole flat was flooded. Right. So we had to move out with my wife, six months pregnant, um, we were in the process of moving house anyway, but that was an entire stressful situation because it took a year to do. We we often joke that we uh, we grew a person faster than we could buy a house. It was ridiculous. We had to move out, wait for it to um, you know dry out and get fixed up and all the rest of it. And the new house still hadn't gone through by that point, so we had to move back. And you know it was it was really quite stressful. And then at the same time, I was as as you may have picked up, my wife was uh, was pregnant, so I was expecting my first uh, my first baby, right? And Molly, and what we then found out just before, you know, a few weeks before she was due, that she was uh, she had complications. She um, had what was called a duodenal atresia, which is where your stomach doesn't connect to your 
um, you know, your gut. So we knew that she was going to need surgery on that first. Uh, well, she ended up having it on the second day that she was here. And we spent a month at the, the neonatal unit in um, Chelsea Westminster Hospital. And, you know, that was tough because you've got this brand new life. And it's, you know, she was tiny. She was two and a half kilograms. She was so small, right? And to see that, right, it was hard, right? It was really hard. And we, we were there every day, right? We were there every day. And I remember just, you know, thinking, you know, I just want to look after this baby. I want to, I want to control everything. I want to make sure nothing bad happens to you because you've already had a bad start, right? And it was yeah, she's fine. She's absolutely beautiful now, and she's a happy little girl. And yeah, she's she's got her sister now, Ellie, which is wonderful, and 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 everything. And and you know, I'm so grateful for all that. But I think what was, you know, we we had that on top of that, and then basically two weeks after we got Molly home for the first time, we found out that my mum was uh, had been diagnosed with with terminal cancer. She was only fifty nine, and she she died four weeks later which my god was one of the hardest things you know to to face and i yeah i i sat and and i i i was with her in her last days we got her home i spent seven days and seven nights i did not leave her side i did not want her to be alone and i watched i watched it all happen and that was you know i it was it was the hardest thing i've ever done so I'm adding trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma. And it, yeah, it, I hadn't learned how to deal with that, right? And so what did I do? I tried to deal with it by trying to control everything, shutting down emotionally, essentially running away with actually, you know, without actually leaving, but not really being there, like, in mind, right? And I'm not telling this story to, um, you know, to elicit any kind of, like, sadness or or anything like that, because... It's just what you know what can happen in life, right? And the lesson I guess when it comes to business marketing is there's constant change in life, in business, marketing, all of that kind of thing. And you know, things like you know, the tactics that work today that will stop working tomorrow, channels will come and go, and you know, how your clients respond to them will change, things will become more expensive. But ultimately, if you're trying to control all of those variables you're going to drive yourself nuts. You're going to shut down, right? But if you focus on fundamental principles, adding values, uh, uh, adding, adding value, solving a problem for a specific type of client, focusing on delivering an outcome that they want in the most efficient way, building relationships, then you're going to be around for the long term. Because it's just like what I've now been trying to do in, in my own life, focusing on the relationship, being a good parent, being a good husband. And I don't get all of them right all of the time, but that's all I'm focusing on. And I believe that if those are the things that I focus on, I can't control what was what is going to happen, but I can control how I show up and be there every day. It's a process. And it's the same with your business and your marketing, because even when things do get a little difficult, you won't give up because you've got that solid foundation in place. And those foundations will support you through any any of the hard times and they will rise you up in the good times so 
stop you know that's the lesson i guess stop trying to control an outcome fall in love with the process fall in love with where you are now and what you're doing and and i guess that's a huge lesson you know for for me at this age and yeah um i don't often sort of you know say that aloud sometimes so uh apologies if, yeah i'm a bit uh Bit, bit affected by it but you know I'm, I'm doing this as much as anything because I think it's important um, to to share some of these things so I think the fourth one the fourth um, big lesson at 40 is that and I kind of you know it flows on from a lot of these is that you've got to surround yourself with people that inspire you and you know, if I'm totally honest until my 30s I've been, I've been pretty arrogant um, I thought I had all the answers and be honest that didn't really get me that far <laughs> so one thing that I've changed and, and that I wish I'd know you know not known but changed a lot earlier I'm genuinely interested and curious about others seeing both the good the bad the strengths the weaknesses and I've found that by actually being like this and understanding these in in others I can actually start seeing them in myself and by then being genuinely interested people are interested back and it leads to such amazing uh collaborations right and to me this was a paradigm shift right but it still took quite a long time to really accept it and 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 start making these changes and one of those changes is this podcast right i absolutely love talking to the amazing guests that i've had on and i've now had over 50 that depending on when you listen to this you know hopefully it's going to be a lot more um or you know they are they are in the uh, in the hopper so to speak ready to uh, to be published and i get to learn about how they see the world how they've seen success and failures and what they've struggled with and how they've overcome it and how they deal with both of them and where their passions lie and why they've chosen the path that they're on now and you know what keeps them going and, and all that kind of thing the dedication to their craft and it's one of the i guess most unexpected benefits of this that you know every one of those stories they've gone a little way to helping me to understand myself a little bit better as i say and accept that i'll never have it all figured out so i just need to stop trying right because there are others out there they're willing and able to help with the things that i can't figure out and Today, I really do do my best to, to surround myself with people that ultimately inspire me, that make a difference in the world. Um, and, you know, there's you know, people that are smart and they're intelligent, but most importantly of all, they've got integrity. Because without that, I, I, you, you've got nothing. At least, you know, that's what I think I've learned over the last 40 years or maybe a little bit more recent, um, you know. I'm not always being uh, yeah, accused of being the uh, the fastest learner. So I guess for me, the, the lesson in that, and it is a cliche, is that your network is your net worth, right? And it's a cliche for a reason, because it's true. And I, I now, I believe wholeheartedly in, in hanging out with people that empower you and empower you to be the, the best version of yourself. Because by doing that, you're also able to help others do the same, right? And I guess there's a bit of a magic effect. Um, doors start opening, helps given freely good times and the bad and collab you know, collaborations that will, you know, can lead to mutually beneficial business opportunities that would never have existed before. They're, 
they're all there if you just focus on building your network, being curious, offering value. Things happen. It's this 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 weird universe voodoo magic and maybe I am getting a little bit philosophical in my old age. Who knows? I don't know. And I, I just say that it's never too late to start building and nurturing your own network and, and reaping the benefits that are associated with it, right? And I guess uh, to sum it all off, uh, to sum it all off, really, um, one of the biggest lessons of all through, you know, through through all of all of this that binds kind of like all of these together is, you know, whether you're building a business, whether you're building a career, a life, um, I guess the biggest factor in, in being successful in any of these, it's being as committed to your personal development as you are your, your business development, right? Because if you're not growing as a person, if you're not improving yourself, if you're not taking stock regularly and learning how to, I don't know, adapt and, and adjust to what life throws at you, what your business throws at you and all that kind of thing, then you're always going to be limiting yourself because if you're not growing, you're kind of putting that self-imposed limit on every aspect of your life, even if you can't see them, right? So there you have it. They're my four... Um, yeah, big life lessons, stroke observations on the uh, you know at this time of um, turning uh, turning the big four zero and uh, yeah, I've been I've been a little bit philosophical. Um, <laughs> it's not unusual for me. My friends do sometimes refer to me as philosopher because I can just overthink at times. But hey, you know that's uh, that's the way my mind works, right? And and I guess that I'm I'm sort of leaving with a thought that you know that old saying that life begins at forty. Well. I'm not sure I agree with that because it begins with every single new day and every single new day, day is an opportunity to be the best version of yourself. And so that's all I hope any everybody listening takes from this. You know, you have the opportunity to be the best version of yourself. And um, yeah, if you'd like to connect, talk, let me know. Uh, you know, if you've if you've reached a big milestone, whether it's 30, 40, 50, 60 or beyond, what have you learned? What are your lessons? I'd love to hear some of yours. Um, send me an email at adam at thinklikeafish. Um, leave some comments um, below the uh, yeah, below the um, uh, the page. And um, I'd absolutely love to hear about it. So um, thank you ever so much for listening um putting up with a bit of my ramblings um as you can tell the uh, the ADHD does every now and again go off but i've i've kind of done this off the cuff with just thinking about some things so um i hope that it's been helpful and all that's left to say is happy fishing Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rating review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.